This is Liquid Gold. All right, where the zombies are punches and the revenge ships are brunches. Welcome back to Liquid Gold right here on the We Own This Town podcast network, weownthistown.net, and also find us at liquidgold.show, where you can go back and check out all the old episodes in the archives, right around 105 episodes I think we're up to at this point. When Kenneth's Away, the Wolf Will Play, and my name's Mike Wolf, your host today, our pre-Halloween episode, want to let you know that we'll be out at Love and Exile Winery there on Main Street in East Nashville for the Wicked Market. And for more on the Wicked Market and one of the founders behind that, Abby Walters, you can go back to our previous episode with her where we talk the Sazerac, we talk Standard Proof Whiskey, we talk a lot of dogs too, because she's a huge dog lover as are we on the show. We have our mascot, Chris, who we love, who's still kicking. Yeah, we'll be there Monday, Halloween night. It's uh, 6 p.m. to midnight is the event at Love and Exile. Tons of vendors. It'll be your first opportunity to buy the new book, Cheer, a liquid gold holiday drinking guide. This book goes from the beginning of September all the way through January. It's a very seasonal book. It's not just holiday stuff. It's all like fall drinking, autumn cocktails, punches, non-alcoholic stuff, tiki drinks, a whole tiki chapter, a whole agave chapter, cider chapter, whiskey chapter, 160 recipes, and just a ton of content. A lot of fun booze news stuff, and we're real excited about the book and getting that out to you starting Monday so you can come and purchase it at the Wicked Market. Before we talk about Fire Cider, which is this incredible healing elixir, great for this time of year. It's not necessarily alcoholic, it's usually non-alcoholic, as it is to really pump up your immune system. Um, Before we get into some Fire Cider talk and a recipe, which is part of the reason for checking in today, I do wanna give you some punch recipes to get you through Halloween, maybe a Halloween party this weekend. So we have one in the book in the orchard section where we talk about orchard-based cider with Diane Flint from Boggy Ridge. A lot of great recipes in that chapter using cider, using apple brandy. Here's the orchard punch that you could do for a party for the Halloween weekend. This serves four, so you could times this by two if you're having eight people or so. This is super refreshing. Very much autumn in a glass here. And this is four ounces of pear brandy, two ounces of apple brandy, two ounces of lemon juice, four ounces of Martinelli's apple juice, one and a half ounce St. George spiced pear liqueur, which I would highly recommend you pick up a bottle. It'll sit up there on your home bar for like the rest of the year. Add a little bit into a Manhattan, add a little bit into an old fashioned, maybe even a fall martini. It's beautiful stuff. Then two dashes of aromatic bitters, half ounce of agave nectar, one bottle of apple or pear cider, and then for a garnish, you can do dehydrated pear slices and thyme. And for this punch, you basically place all the ingredients except for the cider and the garnish in a punch bowl and stir to combine. When it's time to serve, add ice and pour in the bottle of sparkling cider. Stir and garnish. Now for the, let me give you this, uh, Pretty quick and easy dehydrated pear slices recipe. You got about eight pears, maybe less, maybe four, however many you got around, ripened and sliced to even thickness. You need a bowl of cold water, you need one lemon juiced, and you need a dehydrator or oven. Now you're going to wash the pears, lightly pat them dry, and remove the stems. Slice the pears as evenly as possible in order to get a uniform shape. Squeeze the juice from one lemon into the bowl of cold water. Dip each slice of pear into the lemon water and blot dry with a paper towel before placing on the dehydrator tray or cookie sheet, if using the oven. 
This will help keep the pears from browning too much. Um, leave space between the pear slices so plenty of air can circulate around them as they dehydrate. Most dehydrators recommend a temperature of 136 Fahrenheit to dehydrate fruit. If using an oven, try 150 or the lowest possible setting on the oven. If stacking trays in a dehydrator, check to see if some trays are cooking faster than others, which happens uh, with dehydrators, and move the trays around as needed during the process. Dehydrating pears in a dehydrator can take as long as 20 to 24 hours, while an oven set at 150 Fahrenheit can take between 6 and 9 hours. If you need the pears to dry out quickly before the guests arrive, try dehydrating them in an oven at 225 for two hours. Store the dehydrated pears in a container with a lid away from sunlight. The pears will keep for six to eight months if uh, tightly covered. And uh, we've got a bunch of other pear cocktails here in the book. Pear Ginger Collins, Pear in a Bottle Brandy Cosmo, Pear Brandy Prosecco Cocktail. And yes, we are going to talk about the Negroni Spagliato and how it has just blown up and how it is this just perfect example of a hack that just involves adding champagne to a drink to make it better, make it more interesting. In this case, uh, it's Prosecco, which goes really well with the kind of sweet and bitterness of a Negroni. I'm going to, I'm going to get into that here a little bit later. Okay. Before we do that, let's go over this zombie punch. All right. So I did the little zombie intro from the book last week, last episode. So here's this zombie punch, and you can make this for your Halloween soiree. So this would serve eight people. You do four ounces of fresh lime juice, four ounces grapefruit juice, four ounces of a cinnamon cordial, and we've got that recipe in the book as well. Four ounces of falernum number two, which is a really easy way to boost store-bought falernum. Eight ounces of Puerto Rican rum, like a Ron Barilito. Eight ounces of El Dorado five-year or another aged rum of your liking. Eight dashes aromatic bitters. Two ounces of pomegranate juice. Eight ounces of water. Combine ingredients in a non-reactive bowl due to the acid in the citrus juices and whisk or stick blend with an immersion blender to incorporate ingredients without ice. When it's time to serve, take two limes sliced into wheels and studded with cloves two lemons sliced into wheels and studded with mint, one large block of ice. For the large block of ice, you could fill a large Tupperware bowl with water and a few hard spices like cinnamon and star anise and place in the freezer. Before your party, set the Tupperware out on the counter for 15 to 20 minutes to temper, then slide the ice into your punch before serving. Now, in the punch bowl you'll be serving from, combine the punch with the studded sliced limes, lemons, and ice block. Add more ice as needed. If anyone complains about it not being as strong as a real zombie, stab them in the eye. No, no. Wait, I mean, let them add a floater of high-proof rum, say Plantation OFTD, which originally stood for, oh, fuck, that's delicious. They had to kind of change that on the bottle eventually. Um, but yeah, take their car keys away and say you're welcome. For Falernum number two, which you could use for all kinds of Halloween tiki cocktails... You just take a bottle of Taylor's Velvet Falernum. You take the zest of two limes. You do two tablespoons of ginger, peeled and chopped to a small dice, 10 cloves, two allspice berries crushed, and two ounces of Ray and Nephew overproof rum, or any rum if you have, uh, that you have lying around. Now you take this uh, store-bought Falernum, you put it into a mason jar or a quart deli container and add the rest of the ingredients. You shake to incorporate and set in the refrigerator to infuse for four days, 
I mean, two days would probably get you a lot of flavor as well. Um, you can shake it every day to kind of agitate the ingredients together. You strain it when finished, bottle and keep it in the refrigerator, and it should stay pretty fresh and vibrant for two months, um, but it will keep for at least six months with the alcohol um, that's already in Taylor's Velvet Falernum and also the, the extra alcohol that you're adding in there. Other tiki recipes, we've got a classic beachcomber zombie. We've got the robo zombie, a.k.a. the reveal, the pineapple zombie, pumpkin zombie. I'll probably just have to give you this pumpkin re- pumpkin zombie recipe here. One ounce of a Jamaican rum, one ounce of a Puerto Rican rum, half ounce of plantation OFTD, half ounce of orange juice, one ounce of pineapple juice, half ounce of lime juice, three-quarter ounce of a pumpkin-infused vermouth, which is basically just a can of pumpkin puree infused into vermouth for a day and then strained out. Uh, One bar spoon of pumpkin cordial. We've got that recipe in here as well. Quarter ounce of a Creole shrub, which is uh, an orange liqueur um, from the Caribbean. You could uh, sub Cointreau or another orange liqueur if you can't find that one. But the Creole shrub is incredible stuff for rum drinks because it's rum-based and just delicious. Then a quarter ounce of persimmon demerara syrup. One dash of exotic bitters. So a lot of these recipes we have in here, um, I'd say for the exotic bitters, the tiki bitters are always just incredible for rum drinks. So if you can find those, what you do with this, you add all ingredients, save for the garnish to a blender and blend on high speed for six seconds. Pour into a long, tall glass and add ice to fill. Garnish with the mint and the pineapple or a piece of pumpkin. Umbrella is optional. So that's your pumpkin zombie. All right, back to this incredible healing elixir that you're going to need after drinking way too many zombies or too much zombie punch or whatever you're celebrating Halloween with. Flu season seems like it's out of control right now, and a lot of people are needing kind of elixirs like this. Uh, Firesider is in many ways credited to Rosemary Gladstar, which I I would imagine she changed her name because that would be amazing if that was her real name and she's this pioneering herbalist. She is incredible. Look her up if you don't know who Rosemary Gladstar is. Um, I follow her on Instagram. She's an amazing follow and amazing woman. And she had this fire cider that she would make around this time of year. It boosts your immune system. And I want to tie this into kind of turmeric season as turmeric season's underway here in Tennessee. You can get locally grown turmeric, um, which is a game changer. If you're used to just buying turmeric from who knows where across the world, or maybe it's coming from California, but it was grown who knows when. We have local, in-season, perfect turmeric available now um, at farmer's markets. It's just an incredible ingredient. You want to be real careful working with turmeric because it can stain your countertops. It can stain your clothes. And it will stain your hands for days. So wear gloves if you're going to be working with turmeric. But I highly recommend making this fire cider with um, either local, either or both of local turmeric and local ginger. Because the season is right now. We're getting towards the end of the local ginger season. But there is incredible young ginger available here in Middle Tennessee as well as turmeric. So check that out. Fire cider is basically a concoction that you can use whatever you have. You can use different things in your pantry, things you grow, you grew, or some herbs you have lying around, a little bit of thyme left over in the fridge that you're not going to use the next time you roast a chicken, put it in here. 
Um, what you need is basically to start is a quart mason jar or like a quart container. That's just a good kind of vessel to use to make this. It takes about a month to make. But if you're in a pinch and you needed to taste a little bit or you needed to pick me up, say a weekend, take a little spoonful a weekend and see how it's changing. But what you're going to put into this mason jar, so basically a medium uh, chopped onion. I probably wouldn't go red onion. That'll be a little too strong. So I'd say like a yellow white onion. Um, then 10 cloves of garlic. And that's huge. Do not skimp on the garlic because the garlic is where a lot of the power comes from. I'm a huge believer in garlic. I have had garlic binges that help me uh, recover from sickness, help me kind of stave off maybe a sickness that might have been more intense. So I'm a huge believer in garlic. Don't skimp on that. 10 cloves at least, crushed, chopped, minced. Um, you could do two jalapeno peppers or maybe habanero peppers. Maybe you, a lot of people here in Tennessee still have peppers sitting on their plants outside. Um, so grab those, use them. You want that heat. That's where the fire comes from in fire cider. You could do the zest and juice from a lemon or a lime or a little bit of both. Here's where we get into the grated uh, ginger. So um, if you can buy local ginger, that's amazing. Or just find some good, good ginger. You can chop that up, julienne that, say a half a cup. And here's where if you find the local turmeric, I would say throw about a half cup to a cup as well. And you're going to get so much immune boosting power from the turmeric. If you can't find uh, any turmeric, use just a turmeric powder, maybe a tablespoon or so of that. Take a few dashes of cayenne powder that you've got. I'm sure you've got a little cayenne pepper lying around in the, in the pantry. Dash a little bit of that in there. And then whatever herbs you have lying around, thyme, rosemary is a real popular one. I know Miss Gladstar uses rosemary in hers. And then you're basically uh, taking all those ingredients. Uh, once you've like chopped everything up and it's ready to go into your quart container, throw it in there. Then um, fill the jar with apple cider vinegar. And I would use Bragg's for sure. You definitely need Bragg's around your house with the mother, all that good stuff. Um, that's going to be your solvent. That's going to be what's extracting the power from those simple ingredients into your drink. One thing to note, if you do like horseradish, horseradish is a big ingredient in a lot of fire cider recipes. And uh, just know that if you're taking fresh horseradish root and grating it, chopping it, juicing it, whatever you're going to do, just know it's going to burn your face off. It's going to burn your nose so much that you're going to start crying your, your eyes will well up. I remember when, when we used to juice it at Husk for the Bloody Mary mix, people would wear like bandana masks or a full mask to cover your eyes, a ski mask. It's intense stuff, but all the more reason to use it in your fire cider, which is really meant to just frighten the immune system, to scare you into fighting off, you know, whatever cold, flu, COVID, whatever you got coming at you. So we have all our ingredients. We have the organic apple cider vinegar, the Bragg's. We're throwing that in there. Seal the jar, put it in a cool, dark place on a shelf somewhere, and try to shake that about every day if you can. And then what you're going to do, so honey is typically used to sweeten this or agave. We like sweetening things with agave uh, here on Liquid Gold. But honey is obviously, if you, if you can find a good raw local honey, use that. And 
I wouldn't recommend adding the honey until the very end, but if you do want to try some fermenting kind of experiments and see if like adding honey to it two weeks in, letting that go for two weeks, just keep an eye on it. Um, if you're going to do that, you probably want to do cheesecloth on top so you don't have a, a buildup or any kind of explosion. Choose your own adventure. Try it out. Um, mo- most of the time, the honey is added at the end, a quarter cup to a half cup. And if you, um, you can always dilute your honey with water to make it easier to pour, easier to mix. So you could do like an equal parts honey and water syrup and add that. If you're going to do that, I'd add a half a cup to a cup of the honey syrup or a quarter cup to a half cup of just uh, pure honey. And it's going to be delicious. It's going to be intense. It's going to really help you. Um, if you're not a morning person, this is a great thing to just take when you wake up. Take before bed if you need a little uh, immune boost. But we're big believers in fire cider. Check it out. You can always, uh, you know, it's liquid gold. So we're going to tell you, you can, you can mix this with whiskey easily and take off some of that garlic bite, some of that onion bite. You could mix it with anything. But if you're, uh, if you're making, say, tea to make yourself feel better, you could add this to the tea. There's a lot of different ways that you can use the fire cider. It's something that we really wanted to have in the book, but we couldn't have everything in there. We tried. But uh, definitely wanted to talk fire cider. It's for this time of year. It's a good thing to start making so you'll have it as uh, cold and flu season ramps up. All right, well, what, what other drinks are great this time of year? What else is blowing up out there? What, what could be potentially the drink of Halloween this year? Oddly enough, the Negroni Spagliato. It's kind of blown up uh, after the, I believe it was House of Thrones. Some of the cast talked about how they just love their Negronis with a little bit of Prosecco. It's just incredible. What's your drink of choice? A Negroni. I was going to say Spagliato. Mm. With Prosecco in it. Oh, stunning. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured we should we should jump on the bandwagon. I don't think there's been a bandwagon cocktail like this for a while that that people have just latched onto all the uh you got mover and shaker, you got all these um great drink accounts and drink publications talking about it. But yeah, it's essentially a Negroni and you splash Prosecco on top. So one ounce gin, one ounce sweet vermouth, one ounce Campari. And then say two ounces of Prosecco on top or how, how, however much you like on there. And the Prosecco, as I said earlier, is really nice. Prosecco is usually just a touch sweeter. It can be kind of sweet, but a little bit of dry. It can be just beautiful to mix with the notes, the kind of sweet and bitter notes of a Negroni. Um, but adding, adding bubbles, this is like a big thing that we have in the book. Adding, say, sparkling pear cider, sparkling apple cider, sparkling wine. It's just a great way to liven up a drink that you're serving to a bunch of people. It's a great thing to do right at the end of, um, right at the, right before you're about to serve a punch. It gives that kind of liveliness, gives that little bubble, that little tickle on your tongue that's just great before food. So it's a great hack. You could use it. Notably, we talked about the Old Cuban this summer. The Old Cuban's like a mojito that was shaken and served up and topped with Prosecco or cava or champagne. You can do it with a margarita. It's essentially like a royale. A lot of times people say like, oh, try a martini royale. Make a martini, splash a little Prosecco on there. So this is a this is a hack that you can do with so many different drinks, not just the Negroni. But being the, that the Negroni is orange, I have a feeling this is going to be a great um, ingredient, 
a great drink for Halloween parties. And that's it. That was the uh, viral moment from the uh, House of Thrones show. How they just love the spagliato. So take that hack and put it put it into your favorite drink. Put a little prosecco in it. It's kind of like the old put a bird on it. Now before we go, I have a frightening tale worthy of uh, maybe not an entire booze news with Kenneth Dedman, but I think it's worth mentioning as these are scary times. Robots are coming for your job. Robots are coming for baristas right now. So this major update that was done. This was a story in the, the, the Sun talking about a major update at Starbucks as the new technology that they were bringing in for drink making, which they say promises a better customer experience, but it is not popular with the staff. So basically what they're doing, and if you've been into a Starbucks in the last couple months or so, maybe in the last year, you've noticed how they make a lot of cold drinks now. There's a lot of blender drinks. It's basically like a glorified coffee tiki bar. They're making all these cold, frothy, pretty large format. A lot of these drinks are huge. If you order like a large, what's the large? Uh, venti? I don't know. Probably don't want to get into it. Kenneth's going to kill me for this segment. But these large frappuccino things that they make are just enormous. So it, they take a little while to kind of make. And it's similar to how a bartender would be jiggering, measuring out the ingredients that go in there. And you see them measuring these out. A lot of times I've seen them like free freehand, just free pouring or kind of eyeing things. And when you're in the rush and you are making a ton of drinks, that can be a decent way. You know, it's not perfect, but that can be, there's probably more, uh, more room for, for interpretation in a lot of those recipes because they are just purely sweet drinks. But um, what they did is they put in a siren system cold bar, uh, which is part of their reinvention strategy. They're doing this because they realize that cold drinks make up 70% of the company's revenue. So they are uh, turning their attention to making those drinks faster. And how, what, the, what can they do to get those drinks out? Because there's usually a line. Stuff, stuff can take a while at Starbucks, I suppose. But so one of the things, and this is where bartenders need to take notice too, I feel like, is the company is, um, they're introducing this new technology where the automation or robot is digging into the ice to grab the ice. So taking that step away. Um, now, Chief Technology Officer Deb hall Lafair, she said, uh, we will never replace our baristas, but rather our job is to automate the work and simplify it so that their job is easier, end quote. There was a uh, TikToker, Yasmin, who had, who had noticed, she worked at a Starbucks, implemented this system. She said, please, I am absolutely fine. There is nothing to worry. Before uh, showing a look of horrified befuddlement in the face of the siren system cold bar. Another uh, TikToker on that had commented, my issue is that at this point, we're not baristas because we're not making the drink. The machine is doing it for us. Uh, it takes away the handcrafted element, end quote. Uh, someone else chimed in quote why do we need a machine to scoop ice for us that is the easiest part end quote so i don't know that this um is the beginning of the end of the bartender probably not you're always going to need people that can make handcrafted stuff people enjoy watching a, a bartender make even a drink as simple as a manhattan which we're going to cover on the next episode here of liquid gold i do think that this is the beginning of taking away steps, making drinks faster, 
and potentially taking a lot of the handcrafted element away from mass producing popular drinks like they serve at Starbucks. So will this lead to more automation in bars? That's probably, you know, a half a decade away or so. Probably something we'll see at sports stadiums first, then sports bars, then Buffalo Wild Wings. Now, but I do think it's it's worth mentioning because this really could cut into the the any kind of handcrafted element of anything related to beverage. It's all starting. One of my favorite books, Kurt Vonnegut's Player Piano, predicted all of this back in the 40s. I don't know how he did it, but he knew that this was coming by the early part of the 21st century. All right, and that does it for today. As always, follow us on Instagram at liquidgold underscore pod. Email us liquidgoldpod at gmail.com. Check out the website liquidgold.show. Go back through the, all the archives. We've got plenty of other Halloween content in there. If you go back to last year and the year before that and the year before that, well, we've always got some interesting uh, Halloween content for you. And we do as well in the new book, Cheer, a liquid gold holiday drinking guide. Coming out November 15th. It'll be at Parnassus here in Nashville. It'll be at the Bookshop East. And it will be available on MikeWolfBooks.com, which is launching this weekend where I'll be selling some books. First, I'll just be selling my first two books, Garden of Glass and Barantined on there. And then soon we'll add cheer to my website as well. But check that out, MikeWolfBooks.com. And thanks to Michael Eads, our producer, and everybody at We Own This Town. Check out Horror Fried. This time of year, a great podcast to be checking out. And as always, the music show. Michael does just a great job with the music show. Check that out at weownthistown.net. Thanks so much to Upright T-Rex Music for the tunes. Jess matching for the logo. And congratulations, Jess, on getting married. And Kenneth Deadman himself, Booze News Anchor, was the chaplain at the wedding. Incredible. So congratulations, Jess and John. We love you. Hope you have a great honeymoon. My name's Mike Wolf, and we will see you next time right here on Liquid Gold. <laughs>